This is really, uh, I mean, let's just bring the listener in. We're sat in the TTM tavern right now, which could be a sauna. It could be, it could be many things. I'm getting casting couch vibes as well. Absolutely. It depends which couch we're talking about, Andy. <laughs> that couch. That couch. Yeah. I, I can confirm I, I've never been asked to do anything I want to do in this building. No, I think, look, it's a, a purely professional building where we come together um, uh, as one and, and do some remarkable things for your audio pleasure. Okay, so we better sound off as well. So we've got Dev, make some noise. How are we doing? Dev or James. These days it's James, more professionally. Right. But we also have James sat to your uh, right. We are James and James. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. James Harrison, or, you know, called Harrison, Harry, Has. And, and again, like the other James, as I get older, a more professional vibe would just be James. Right. Okay, I'm going to call you James and Dev, though, just, just for a little bit of separation. Yeah, that's all good. So tell me about, tell me about TTM. We're sat here in your HQ, and we're, we're about to embark on a, uh, a first ever giant pod pod swap. So tell me about this, this, this place that we're sat in. Tell me about the... the, the the genesis of TTM and what you guys are up to? Well, you know, first of all, where we're sat right now, we needed um, we needed a proper professional outlet to do our podcasting. Too many times in the past when we we're doing our podcast and it would be in a kitchen or it would be in some random place where the sound wasn't, let's say, 100%. And, and, you know, we interview people from within the sporting world, such as ex-Premier League footballers, boxing champions um you know in my house in the kitchen where we were doing our original podcasting when the wind would blow there's a there's an extractor fan and and all you would hear when the wind blowed was this fan just going on the podcast and it was at that moment i thought you know what um i've had enough of this i think we need to look at getting a purpose-built place for us to do our podcasting and and to actually give it the the professional credit that it deserved Right. We we used to do a little bit in the Archangel, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so we would go in, my my fiancé's the the landlady of the Archangel, so we were able to get access out of ours, especially during lockdown when we were illegally going in there uh, in the dark, the only people in the building. Bear in mind, that building's from, what, for the 13th century? <laughs> it's old. It was, it was scary. It, 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 there were times going up them stairs you know and, and we're talking at like one in the morning and we're we're in the you know one of the oldest pubs in the country i'm led to believe and and you're going up the stairs and you you have to walk through a i would say a victorian room to get to the library where we were recording 
And you would always just have that fear in the back of your mind. You know, do I need to turn around and do a double take? Is there something there? And it was a sort of race in my mind where I would go, okay, we've got five seconds. Just get through it. Keep your head down. Keep your hands near your sides. Just, just get through. Keep your head down. There is no such thing as ghosts or anything. Like no, well, there is, there is the story in there. So we went in there. Yes. We went down there uh, the, the night before we were going to first record in there. And we left the free microphones in there. Set them up with the muff on it. Yeah, what, the what on it? The muff. You know the 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 foam <laughs> the foam cover. <laughs> the muff, yeah? So I just casting couch flashbacks. So there were three there were three mics, each had a muff on it. And we left them on the table set up. We went down there the next day and one of the muffs had gone, hadn't it? One muff was missing. <laughs> it was a missing so muff. So we were a muff down. <laughs> and to this day, nobody knows where that muff went. It it it's 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 gone from the library in the Archangel in Froome. We do have our suspicions over a potential couple of workers down there, um, you know. But <laughs> who are no longer employed. Who are no longer him, employed. <laughs> and, and, but, but look, you know, at the end of the day, it didn't deter away from the achievements that we want to achieve. We still got to podcast. We still, you know, get to do what we want to do. And, you know, you talk about TTM and, and how it was born. It was born with someone, you know, from our cadet days, Andy. Yeah. You know, we used to go to army cadets in Froome. And, and, you know, when we were at army cadets, the size of that platoon at its peak was the leader in our, I wouldn't just say company. A company, obviously, in, in the army cadet world is where you, you make up different platoons. So Froome platoon, Shepton platoon, it's a Norton platoon, which made up a company called Normandy. And then there was obviously four companies, which then made up the battalion. Um the, the people that we had at Froome were some of the, in my year at school, were, what were classed as tearaways, people who didn't really have an outlet to do anything in life. There was nothing, the age-old question of what is there for the youth to do in this town besides football and maybe canoeing in town. <laughs> and and I think, um, um, yeah, absolutely. But Army Cadets for us was a release. It was a way out of, for some people... It was a, a real release of life, a, a great way to meet friends, to learn discipline, to learn respect and to learn to fend for yourself in a in a warm way, really. And, and actually, some of the friends that I made in Army Cadets sorted me out for life. But, so going back, you know, to TTM, it gives an opportunity. TTM is an opportunity for people to go and achieve something if you, you don't have the means to achieve it, i.e., Normally, to go into sports media and a media outlet, you usually have to go to university. You usually have to get a degree. But what me and James are doing is trying to break down boundaries, especially for those people in town that, like ourselves, who never went to university, never had an opportunity to go to university, who would have most probably thrived in a university setting. I know I would have. Never got the opportunity. Me not, me not so much. Maybe, maybe not so much you, but I, I, in your seriousness, I think I would have thrived in a university setting. I think I would have done well. And, and the reality is TTM is proof that you can go out there, speak to celebrities, interview them, and it just goes to show that you don't have to go to university to actually go out and achieve it. Word. Yeah. No, I mean, I didn't go to university either. And it's just about, you know, watching and learning as well. Yeah. And and also it's really important about picking your picking your circles as well, mm. who you choose to let into your life, who you choose to spend time with and stuff. I'm like, I know a lot of people, I like a lot of people, but I'm very, I'm very choosy about mm. who, who comes into that sort of more inner ring. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and generally it's, it's people that are doing something because I find that they're pushing me 
Um, it may be that they're doing something that's completely different to, to my own ambitions, but to see them working on things, to see yeah. them striving for stuff and to see the passion, I respect that and it makes me want to do more. I guess it's just a, it, it's almost like a, a primal thing of like not wanting to be left behind by the pack or whatever. Yeah, not being stuck in the mud when you when you look through the veil of social media, for instance, and you see people that you haven't saw for years that are going out traveling the world with great jobs, and you're thinking, God, I wish that could be me. And I, and I see what you mean. You don't want to be stuck in the mud. But in terms of in terms of what you're saying, in terms of TTM for us, um, you know, we can we'll explain while we're here how how TTM is and how it works. It stands for Think Twice Media's. It's a multimedia outlet which is now split into two. You have TTM Sports and you have TTM Dark. Um, in terms of sports, you know, as I've said earlier, it's about interviewing people and doing fun things from within the sporting world where we do our challenges, um, which we'll talk about no doubt later. And James, you want to talk about TTM Dark? So TTM Dark is it's the conspiracy stuff, the UFO. So the the first ever TTM podcast, which I wasn't involved in, you did the the UFO guy, Steve Fielding, yeah. who's a guy from Bristol who claimed to have uh, seen UFOs, been abducted by aliens, everything else. And to be fair, it was a good way to start off for you guys. And then it sort of fell away a little bit, didn't it? And I and I got wind that this was all going on. And I was getting on the chains like, oh, what are you, what are you up to? When, when's your next one? What, what are you doing next? Yeah. And, and without saying it to him, he could probably tell... Mm. He wants in on this. Yeah, absolutely. I remember uh, TTM <laughs> started off with with Dave Vowles and Simon Marshall. And uh, it started off where, you know, I reached out to Steve Field and we thought, well, let's do a podcast. I don't know where the idea came from. We just, let's just do a podcast. It's something that's going on and something we always have really good conversations about the world and about life and about how people live and sport and love everything you can possibly think of there's a conversation to be had. So we thought, well, let's get some of this down. Um, I reached out to a lot of the UFO communities because we will agree, let's open up a UFO podcast, something that will always have people's opinions on, whether you're for or against, and we'll get into that later on our, on our show on, on TTM Dark. Um, but we we got Steve Fielding in and um, we went to Bristol. Um, I won't reveal the exact location of where he lived, so I don't think it's fair. But we picked him up. Um, as soon as he came out of his house, I thought, oh, fuck fuck's sake i thought here we go do you know what i mean got him in the car and actually within speaking to him for the 40 minute journey back to through really nice guy um you know telling us about you know allegedly what happened to him and i said well look just save it save it and we we, we sat down in the kitchen and we had a mobile phone with like a three pound 99 um amazon microphone attached to the phone and um we said just go for it tell us your story and as he was telling us the story i mean from from when he started off working for UFO magazine, he was sort of, you know, I was hooked straight away until it got to a point of of the interview when he turns around and said that he had actually had sexual relations with an alien. And at that point, I thought, oh, God, I said, uh, we've now, you know, we've now hit something here. And, and the silence when when he actually said that, um, you know, uh, it went like this. Right. I have actually had you know, intercourse with an alien. <laughs> and I went, okay then, uh, how does that work? <laughs> so, it, was a, it was a difficult moment. But but from there, um, the story then takes another turn. We dropped Steve Fielding off. I put it out. I opened up Instagram accounts. And I was really, I was really running before 
before TTM could walk. And I'm still guilty of that today. I'm still always guilty of that because I'm always trying to push us further and get us better out there. But just look around a year into it. Look at now what we've got because of the relentless pursuit of something to, to try and achieve. For me, can it's an I, um, outlet of life. Can I, can I tell the, the, the story of my first dealings with ttm what your five star rating on apple podcast uh, uh, well that that was the first the first Looking thing i did forward was to another fantastic installment from these three yeah the guys. first thing i did was put a five star rating on apple podcast because i thought i'll keep them on side and then <laughs> eventually they he james came to me and he said we, we, we you know we want to do a conspiracy theory now i've always been well into conspiracy theories on the quiet believe me if if there's a conspiracy theory i've probably looked at it not necessarily believed it but i find them interesting nonetheless so he goes yeah we want to do a 9-11 one and i said right ask that's great because i know a lot about 9-11 i've been looking at 9-11 researching watching all the shit you can you name it i've probably seen it so he goes come and do a 9-11 one so i said right brilliant come round on wednesday night whatever it is come round to to dave's house seven o'clock you arrived it, it, they had all the stuff there. He goes, yeah, we've got microphones, we've got everything, microphones, I've got laptops all set up, we're going to film it, uh, everything. So, uh, right, okay, shit, I, bet, I better get myself well up together for this. So I did about three, four nights worth of uh, research. I had notes, I turned up with <laughs> A4 <laughs> sheets of paper, front to back. And this was a job interview for you, wasn't it? it? I, I was like, right, I've got to really make a good impression here. Yeah. I turned up, <laughs> yeah just uh bear with us mate <laughs> <laughs> we had we had big issues they had they didn't know what software they were using the microphones yeah. were on the head we had headphones on you could hear yourself through it and and the software they were using was a trial version yeah so, <laughs> so every time we went to record i sent them downstairs for a cigarette i thought okay cool you know, Dev's here now. That's great. I I, I looked around. I'd, I'd I'd actually found a desk. I was working for Iceland Supermarkets in Staple Hill at the time, and and the, the story of the desk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a charity shop on the main road, and there was uh, like an old receptionist desk which was chucked out on the main road, and it was it was really good. It was sort of like a a, a half hexagon, so it, it would have fitted in everybody perf- perfectly at their own little booth. And um, I've, I've got a couple of colleagues, and I've I've, I've got Dave Vowles over, and I said, Dave, let's let's get this in your van. Let's get it back. So we've, we're dragging this. Uh, you know, you know, Bernard, we're supposed to be at work and I'm the store manager and I've got these three guys out with me saying, come on, just load it up on the pallet trucks. Let's just wheel it round and we'll, and we'll get it. And this is proper, as you know, Andy, this is retail isn't all what it seems from the outside. Believe me, um, you, you become like a family. And what I will say is this, we're wheeling it in. I said, come on then, lads, we get a couple of the young lads and we, we put it into Dave's into Dave's van. He takes it home. We've, we've managed to take it apart outside the front of his house, walk it up the stairs, reconstruct it, put together. We've then put the laptop up. We've then set up the microphones that we got from Amazon um which we don't use anymore but uh, anyway we set it up and then i thought i need to record it into something and this is before we were introduced to audacity yeah now i i downloaded something called voice meter banana and um, <laughs> and, and the issue that we had we had all the microphones to usb and they all went into one usb output which then went into the laptop so you had one usb with four microphones attached to it going into a laptop however when i loaded up voice meter potato they were out uh, <laughs> there's two versions it's there's banana, banana, there's and, banana potato. and potato it yeah. might as well be potato it, 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 it might as well just be absolutely outrageous um, <laughs> and you know talking about not going to university this was really showing through and and basically um i got it working i started singing into it for those who know james harrison locally and Froome and that from back in the day i can sing a song i can 
I can sing a song. However, what sort, what sort of genres? What's your genre? What, what um, you from want? from pop to you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't sing pop downtown. I'd sing Usher and R and B. But then again, I am I have been adverse to doing a bit of um, Andriella Pocelli, for instance. And, uh, <laughs> You know, and uh, oh, yeah. I, I love music. Like like yourself, like with the sick ones, I can even go. Uh, maybe you know, I could stretch to maybe Linkin Park and and so if you know what are <laughs> I the lyrics. To Chester what, Bennington. But, but what are the what are the lyrics to this? I felt the hate rise up in me. Kneel down and clear the stone of leaves. Oh, um, that, that's, that's Slipknot. Like, that's, Slipknot, um, that's correct. Slipknot. And and so uh, you know, music. But but back to the story. Back back to the story really quickly, <laughs> because. We, 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 we turned up, um, James turned up, I got them all upstairs and we started recording and we're getting into the podcast and I'm thinking this is absolutely fantastic. And out of nowhere, all you heard was trial, <laughs> literally like that. It just went trial like that. <laughs> What's going on? So, so we scrapped it, right? Okay, we scrapped it. We got back, a mobile back phone. Back through the mobile phone. We went back through a mobile phone. And then, you know, from there, there was just a, before James tells the rest of the story, and I know we're wandering on your podcast, Andy, but this is how DDM was born. I feel it's important. Um, I said a joke to James. I want to get... Um, I want to get a murderer onto the podcast. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, uh, I, said uh, I, I really, you remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, said, I said, I want to get a murderer. I want to, I want to do a Piers Morgan type interview. I want to go into, I want to go into, uh, into a jail and I want to sit down and I want to talk to someone about their thought process behind it and what they're thinking, which I think actually in terms of a, in terms of a podcast would be a bloody good podcast, but ugh, we, we wouldn't even get access to a jail yet alone to that. And James turns around and he goes, yeah, what? to me after. Yeah, yeah. And, and James turns around and he goes, he said, uh, it wouldn't look very good. I said, why is that? He goes, well, if you turn up with your current software and you're speaking to a, a killer, the last thing <laughs> the killer wants to hear is trial. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But James, That's you carry true, on with yeah, the story. It's true. So, that, so like Jane says, we, we recorded, we eventually overcame the trial issue and went back into a mobile phone. Uh, with about 12% battery on it. <laughs> we got it out. And uh, so we recorded this podcast and it became clear to me quite early on that I was very overprepared for this podcast. You were the only one that was prepared. I was the only one that turned up with any notes. Mm. I was the only one that turned up with any research done. And mm. we sat around there and I was talking about the, uh, you know, the the seven the 720 downward spiral that mm. the plane would have had to have done in order to enter the road by the Pentagon and um, all this. And then we turned around to the, the other guy that was there and yep. they said, well, so... So I'd said all this about you know how I was uh, saying that the nine eleven was 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 not a terrorist attack, how it was you know um, perpetrated by whoever. Absolutely. Uh, and he was arguing for the fact that no, it was a terrorist attack. And and I, I said all this shit to him and 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 all that you know off my notes, all my my research and my my facts and figures and that. And and James turned around and goes, so what do you say to that? What what. what What's your argument, that? Well, I just, uh, yeah, I just think it was terrorists. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we had James that was putting over a wonderful, compelling argument. I was sort of hosting it with Dave Vowles. We were sort of hosting it. And then we had had someone else on the podcast that was saying, no, it wasn't an inside uh, job. It was a clear terrorist attack. And so James was spilling out three days worth of, uh, and, you know, a hundred <laughs> hours of research. And this guy was hitting back saying, yeah, I just I just don't believe it. I just don't think it was a terrorist attack. I, I don't think it was a, an yeah, inside yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, it was just, oh, just, why, why? Well, just, just. Just, I so, just think it was, so, it was terrorist. So from there... <laughs> so, right. yeah, that, then then it sort of... Um... It, it started to disband before it had begun, but I, I knew that for my own well-self-being, 
it's been well documented and I'm not afraid to say it, that I have maybe not much this last year, but through times of my life, I've sometimes had demons, um, you know, I, I, and as a man, I'm not afraid to say it now, but I was always didn't want to say it, that I have suffered sometimes with, with mental health issues. Now they weren't, they, they're not, they're not mental health issues. You know, I, I'm not prepared to go into the deep analytical aspect of mental health on, on the podcast because I'm not, yet comfortable. But what I can say is, is that I'm speaking to my family, people who I sought refuge and I got help and, and immediately, almost overnight, I, I felt great. And do you know what? To be fair, touch wood, I, I've not had any other issues. But one thing that works for me is always focusing on something. So before lockdown, I'd always, you know, before TTM, I'd play football and that that was my outlet. I, I you know, I would work and I'd work really hard and, and that would make my way up the ranks in the in the, in the retail world to run my own supermarket, for instance. But um, since uh, since doing podcasting, I've never been more happy and after that 9-11, I knew instantly that, that I had to get James involved because the, the two other guys, one, one, look, one, two of them remain my best friends. And, um, you know, it just wasn't for them. Um, they that you know David's gone on to to form motivation music and be signed as an official Spotify artist and that's something he's passionate on and now and then I'll, I'll give him a bit of hand with that by giving him some uh, vocal samples which he'll then turn in and just chuck it into music I don't want any credits I don't want you know nothing to do with it but but I'll help him with that right. um, and, and the other guy Simon he has his own things going on too but in terms of TTM I didn't want to let it go and it did stand for the three musketeers and then when you're looking at it from, a, from a, yeah exactly when that you're looking is, at it that's hilarious I got James involved I rang him up on the way home from work one day I said look I know you want in you know I know you want in I want you in and, and I think you know I, I want you to join TTM and and, uh, and from there the effort commitment dedication that James has shown has taken an elevated TTM to another level so much to the point of we, we renamed it Think Twice Medias um, we did want Think Twice Media but there is a company in Los Angeles I think they're in Miami actually yeah somewhere yeah. Well, I was going to do a bit of research today. I've had such a crazy day and I had yeah. to try and get some, I was trying to multitask and, yeah, I, yeah. and I started, I was like, Harry, which one should I listen to? And, um, and you were like, no smoke without fire. And I was like, great, great, cool. So I got oh, on Spotify. Great part, yeah. I, in I was my like, opinion. I was like, TTM. And I started listening and it was these two fucking Irish dudes banging on about football. I messaged Harry, I was like, Harry, is this the one? There's, yeah, it's just two Irish blokes. This isn't right. <laughs> We've rebranded several times. So <laughs> no, the uh, other TTM yeah. sports. Like, oh, here we go. I've got it. Yeah, yeah. And and the reason why you would have found the conspiracy on the TTM sports. Did you listen on? Basically, we started off as Think Twice Media's, and we we brought it as one. And we every podcast it could have been a sports podcast or it could have been a dark podcast. But when the YouTube channel was born, a lot of our core audience was tuning in for sport. And where we had everything on one outlet how would you feel if you turned up to find out, you know, you want to do a Premier League preview show and people tune in and you, you know, you get confronted with a 9-11 conspiracy. It doesn't work. So we made the decision to split it and go TTM Sports and now TTM Dark. However, as as of the time of recording right now, we are in the process of moving everything over. And the very first podcast to go out on Dark will be you. Will be me? Yeah. Ah. Oh. The yeah. honour, the honour. Mm. Okay, no pressure then. Did you listen to the to the Travis Bolton pod? Yeah, I listened to. I didn't finish it. I got to the point where James, you were talking about the polygraph tests and how we'd done twenty of them, and you were saying how at this point 
it's a de- if he was lying, it takes a lot of dedication mm. to lie and go through all of that that many times. Yeah, yeah. And you were saying that if anything, that's kind, you know, in, the, in that he's passed them all. Did he pass them all? He passed a lot of them. They they all they did all they there was seven guys. They right. did all seven guys. Right. And one only one of them, everyone passed apart from one guy that came back inconclusive. Right. And he was the guy that he had issues with authority. He'd previously been arrested a few he times. Had he, he had issues with Travis He had issues with Travis as well. So I think that may have slightly skewed it. But and I think I, his result was like 95.7. He also took further tests and, and eventually did pass. And did pass right. Yeah. So the point yeah. that you're making, James, is that to have done 20 tests, passed them all, and been willing over the years to do that many. Yeah, you're, that's basically, in your eyes, quite quite conclusive evidence that he's telling the truth. Well, yeah, there was that, but there's also the case of these aren't just five normal guys. These are lumberjacks. Right. These are traditional man's men, right. as if it were men's men. These I guys feel we need don't a synopsis. Lie. Let's have a synopsis of this story, because I think some yeah. people are going to be listening and going, who the hell are these guys? Yeah, so, so what- the the, the, yeah. Tra- the Travis Walton story. Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, they were a group of lumberjacks. It was in Arizona. This was in about 1976 or something like that. So they were going out day by day to this, uh, in, into the forest, and they were, they were cutting down forest trees in the forest. They were lumberjacks. Right. They went out um, for the day, they were driving back. They saw what they thought was, you know, a fire, a forest fire, the start of a forest fire. They went to this forest fire in the van. Seven of them, five, six or seven of them. Anyway. Seven. Travis Walton gets out of the car and approaches it. It's a UFO. It's a UFO in the sky. He approaches the, the UFO. So it's not a fire, it's the glow of It's from... the glow of, of a craft. Right, okay. Which right. would probably be consistent of something entering the atmosphere as it's cooling down. Right. Possibly. Possibly. But anyway, there's a UFO there. So he gets out of the car or the van. He approaches it. Beam of light comes from this craft. Um, shocks him. He hits the floor. So the other guys shit themselves. They all drive off. And then they get sort of a few hundred yards up the road and say, oh, shit, we need to go back and get him. We Some can't just leave him. they are. Yeah, they thought he was dead. I but think basically. Um, the, the terror. The, the, <laughs> yeah, they must have been. If you ever see the film, the film is called Travis Walton. There was Fire in the Sky, isn't it? Fire in the Sky. Um, it was uh, a, a film that, as I mentioned in the podcast, frightened me to the core as a seven, eight-year-old child sneaking downstairs behind the sofa to watch my, my dad watching it. And then, you know, he, he let me watch it and he knew what was coming in the bit where he, you know, where he woke up on the ship. But anyway, um, Travis Walton, I'll, I'll pick up the story. Travis Walton um, is hit by this beam, a, a, a laser beam hits him, knocks him cold gone um you know out cold the guys drive off to go back to the town and in the van itself the mood is split between all of the guys in there you had half of them that wanted to carry on going to the town they've just saw something that they don't like these guys are normally in control of events of their lives they are in control they aren't man's men however there was the other half that that brought a wonderful human aspect to it and said no we need to go back and get him so as they turn the van around they go back to the spot and sure enough he's gone He's gone. Um, five days pass. The world's media start to descend on the town. Right. Um, you have the police investigations kicking off. They had they they had them all arrested. They were then going out into the into the forest. They took the the gentleman out into the forest with all the law enforcement and police officers to try and find him. They think that they have murdered him. They uh, think okay. they've murdered Travis. And then out of nowhere, 
five days later, Travis Walton reappears naked uh, in a town 50 miles away. No, it was, I don't it, think was it was that far. It was far, but in was, the rain, it, wasn't it? It was a gas station. Naked. Or like a phone, he gets to a phone box, doesn't he? Na- naked in a phone in box. In the pouring right. rain and rings his brother. Right. And as his brother turns up, he goes over and, no, this is your brother. This is a family member. If you want someone to embrace you, it would be a family member. And in the film, it's depicted. And it's it, it's controversial whether this actually happened or not. But as someone goes to embrace him, he immediately, through terror, lo- looks away don't, 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 because he's that afraid. And, and, and as you go into the film, he wakes up, uh, believe it or not, I, uh, the film wasn't a true adaptation of the actual story. The, the film is not right, is it? It has been highly controversial to his memoirs. Yeah, and he, he's done a lot of podcasts himself, Travis Walton. Absolutely, since. yeah. Okay. But yeah, so that that's basically... The there thing. is a new film coming out, uh, I believe. It was supposed to be out last year, but obviously whether that's been delayed by the pandemic. But And this is one that Travis Walton has been highly engaged in. He was actually on the Joe Rogan podcast not long ago, Travis Walton, telling, telling his story. And I believe that it was up there of one of the top four or five alien abductions of all time. 99.9% of all alien abductions, in my opinion... Absolute hogwash, rubbish, absolute right. lies. This is part of that 0.1%, like Betty and Barney Hill, for instance, the first ever real alien abduction story known, which we'll cover in in the future. Um, but the lady on that podcast that you listen to, Kelsey Steele, um, is from Dallas in Texas, and we are very, very close to her. She has her own YouTube channel called Glamour and Goosebumps, and uh, she applies makeup. She works for Charlotte Tilbury, one of the biggest makeup uh, companies in the world, is an area manager in, in America. It's a a lot of big deal um she applies makeup whilst telling these stories and gets a cult following on youtube that's quite a good usp yeah (laughs) so we 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 literally teamed up with her and um we're quite close to her to the point that she sent our wives you know hundreds and hundreds of pounds worth of makeup for free uh just for doing it but you know i think talking about you know, in t- back to TTM, in terms of talking about aliens and, and conspiracies, it's something that always gets people talking. I, I believe some of them, James believes some of them, there's some that I don't believe, some are just absolutely ridiculous, but, you know, which doesn't arouse suspicion? What, you know, when you talk about Roswell, when something's gone down and the American government immediately declassified 24 hours later as a weather balloon, and it's something not right, and, and it just doesn't make sense, but... Yeah. That's that's the brief overview. So I, I I tend not to, which do, it does doesn't bode well for the for the TTM that we're going to do. Well, after there's always this. a way of bringing. I you tend around. not to dive into into conspiracies too much because I feel that generally I like them. That's and that's why because I really like them and I and and I like that they can make your imagination yeah go all in all different places. But I also feel like with a lot of conspiracies, it's it's generally kind of it's people that aren't quite with it. No, no, no. I'm not. Or saying it's what it. your mind wants you to believe. Yeah, it's people that aren't satisfied with the world that they live in. Or they've grown up to believe that there's all this going on in the in movies and films, and, and when you're a kid and there's magic and there's all yeah. these things going yeah. on, and then you grow up and and you know and you want I I want to believe that there's a Bigfoot out there. I don't believe. I there's want a Bigfoot. to believe there's a Loch Ness monster. Yeah. That would be sick. TTM look right? at conspiracies from an angle of perspective, from an angle of rational thinking. We don't right. go into a conspiracy which is just outlandish. For instance, you know, well, I'll bring it up on the TTM dark pod later. But when you talk about the pyramids, and I was going off air with Harry beforehand, some of the some of the figures coming out of the pyramids um, is absolutely outrageous. When you look at the circumference of one of the pyramids, it equates to three hundred and sixty-five point two four zero Rubik cube 
cubic meters, which is the exact amount of time it takes to have to travel around the sun. Yeah. How do how how did the Egyptians get that knowledge? Yeah. Luck. All right. So then I'll talk about the other five. The other five. <laughs> I was going to say Py- Pythagoras's theorem, but I'm not sure if that was discovered at that point. Do you see what I mean? But that's right. just one instance in one thing. Like you talk about, you know, Stonehenge conspiracies. I think TTM Dark, believe it or not, as much as we love sport, and it's the staple and sport will we'll always do because we love it. We play the game. We love the game. We talk about the game every single day of our lives. It's a beautiful game. And it is a beautiful game. Football, the fastest growing game on earth and has been for over 20 years. And I don't think it'll ever be surpassed. It's played from Antarctic to the mountainous regions of, of you know, China. It's played everywhere. And, and, Some people you know, say it's the new religion. I believe football can be classed as a religion if you talk to some ultras, uh, which are uh, hardcore fans um, uh, around the world. But, uh, you know, it's the biggest money. Um, There's a lot been going on in the football world recently, which, you know, I don't know if you heard of the Super League and and stuff like this, where it's just... It's just ultimate greed, which is now gripping our game in a hook, uh, in a a grasp that, that can't seem to be untightened. And it's worrying. However... When those players are on the pitch and it's your team that's playing, it doesn't matter if you have the 11 greatest players to ever play the game and 11 people from a Sunday pub team, there is always that element of they can be beat. And and that's what you'll always get with football. Yes, sport sport is is mainly what we do. Yeah. If we're being honest, yeah, if, yeah. If that's... It is what probably gets us going the most. Right. Um, the trouble with, with doing the sport is you're... Like we always say, don't we? You're a you're a tadpole in an ocean trying to do a sports podcast. Really, they're everywhere because it's yeah. so widely covered. Yeah, yeah. You, you're not going to do much which is unique, and you're not really going to be talking about any. You're not going to yeah. And, and what's going to happen is you're gonna you're gonna get your guys like Crouch. You're gonna get uh, exactly. the, the other ex players. Yeah, who and a lot of them are starting to do podcasts yeah, now they, as well. They could do it on the side real easy. They could they could pay a super genius like Harry. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's effortless. All they've got to do is show up and do it. Mm. And, they, and the audience is there. Millions. Sponsorship yeah. is there. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then you've got the guys, you know, when they get to about 30, 35, that's when they're kind of, or is that a bit longer now in football? It used to be kind of 35 was retirement uh, did age. Do you know right? what? For, for a parkour, you could safely say age 37 to 38 is widely considered to be the norm of, say, the okay, ducking I out. Up my butt, so yeah. right. my and, boots. Yeah. And there's only so many pundit jobs yeah, right. Especially so, in the new world that we live in, where the old traditional um, James will know what I'm talking about, but the old traditional pundit would have been an ex-player. Yeah. Now, what they're doing, and probably rightfully so, is they're looking to the women's game. They're looking to further reaches of the football family to bring in pundits, which makes those jobs really, really difficult to right. get hold of. And and what you got there, your competition is essentially the establishment. It's the stars of the yeah. show. So I think Harry sent me a, a link recently, or was it was talking about how um, how people are people from bands or other professions, celebrities are starting podcasts and essentially taking oxygen away from the guys that are like yeah, absolutely trying mm. to create a career from the ground up and create, create a yeah. name for themselves. So that is your competition, is, is Peter Crouch, basically. Yeah, I think <laughs> the, the, right. the, the bit, the bit yeah. that comes for us is, you know, are these people going to do it forever? You know, fair enough. You know, if you talk of a, a famous player from the mid-1980s, okay, you'll get 
400, 500, not many. How many of them have podcasts? Not many. I, I, I think in terms of what the thing that we have going for us is we have an element of a connection with the regular fan and right. we have an element of looking at it from a fan's point of view. There's always that element of prestige when we get someone on our podcast who's played for England. Yeah. And I think it's great because when Peter Crouch is talking to someone who's played for England, he's played for England himself and I'm sure it's entertaining. But there's always questions that he can't ask. He can't ask what it's like looking around a dressing room at other superstars. He can't ask what it was like getting a telephone call from the England manager for a call-up for the first time. But as fans, we can right. and we can open. So I asked Matt Jarvis uh, a question and Matt Jarvis was an ex-Premier League and England footballer. I asked him a wonderful question, which I don't think would have come up on, in, on any other podcast and I haven't heard it yet, is in football there's a taboo subject called transfer requests. Right. It's where a player goes up to the management of the club and says, I want to leave. I want to leave. And it's always seen with ultra negativity amongst the fan base of that club. It's a real taboo subject. Right. And I asked him outright, what are the mechanics behind a transfer request? And you could you could see, he. I, I think he wanted to divulge more, but he gave us a wonderful answer. And he just said, look, the opportunity to play in the Premier League was too strong for me. But, but strong questions like that, we have to be brave mm. and we have to stand out from the rest of the crowd, which means your promotion on social media. You've got to remember, yeah, Peter Crouch podcast, fantastic, fantastic. But Peter Crouch will have his haters too. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And TTM, what we have from a local perspective is we're on Froom FM. We yeah. have our own radio show and the element of is we get pride that we've built this from the ground up and it, you know, we, we will only get stronger. We'll only get better. Mm. And, and, and that's the way it goes. And that's, there is something to be said about, like you said, you're coming to it from a fan's point of view. There is mm. something that's, you know, you've got your professional pundits on the TV and everything, but what social media and, and YouTube has allowed people to do is, it, you know, is create their own platform where you watch fans talk about football and that's the, there's yeah. that you got that relatable thing you know you have to but that's a different that's a really hard line to walk because you've got to be you don't have to be the guys down the pub but you have to be enough of the guys down the pub that want to talk about the game and yeah. then you also have to have this another hat on which is like you're you're you know you have to maneuver and work the media world in a in a Absolutely. In a way. Yeah. And that's and not everyone's going to be able to do that, but it, it, that's a new breed of, of, of sports entertainment is, is the guys that can be relatable to the average fan, um, but still have enough smarts and business acumen and still have the ambition yeah. and also you know a lot of people podcasts me and James found earlier on through our research of the game on podcasting that there are two points in which a high percentage of po high percentage of podcasts will stop there's the seven podcast dip and there is also the 19 podcast dip so it's actually estimated that a massive high percentage of percentage of podcasts that stop stop at either seven podcasts or 19 podcasts the fact of the matter is not only have we over overcome that we've done well but we've also gone into doing what we call ttm challenges doing things that that celebrities may not do so once a month or once every couple of months ttm sports undertake a particular challenge and a couple of the ones that we've done so far have been outrageous so we've always played this game we've had this game that we've played we've we've done it with guests and we do it every time on the radio show and it's fact or fiction now fact or fiction was something james came up with and it's basically true or false 
So he'll make a statement. If I was to say to you, Andy, I don't know, that table is made of genuine wood from the Amazon rainforest, fact or fiction, what would you say? It's probably mostly fact, isn't it? I'm afraid it's fiction, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) So that is that is the basis of fact or fiction. So fact or fiction just kind of grow, uh, and and it's and it's. Oh, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. It's fiction. It's just no, 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 no. It's a bit of fun. So we've played it with people. So fact or fiction, we how can we incorporate fact or fiction? into a challenge exactly right. so this so is we, where we have to think outside so what the box. we so the first thing we did right okay so we're going to get the world's hottest chilies yeah so we got some uh trinidad maruga scorpion chili peppers which are the second most hottest chili pepper known to man they were the first until the obviously the world famous carolina reaper yeah. took over uh, the carolina reaper is actually around two million scoville units so just for context the average jalapeno that you'll eat will be four thousand I can barely handle jalapeno. Yeah, that's four thousand. Yeah, I, I don't like these, spicy food at these all. These bad boys so were, were one point eight million. I got gloves. We got we got plastic gloves and and we cut them up in my kitchen. Yeah, yeah. So we got my missus to read out the questions. We did it in my kitchen, right? And I made signs. So this was for YouTube video. Right. Questions were sent in by we got by listeners. We got yeah. So so my missus, I said right. If you have got any questions for fact or fiction, send them to send them to Jess and. And so I made these these signs, fact on one side, fiction on the other. We sat at a table. We had the plate of chilies, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then Jess would read them out, and it was right. Blah 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 blah. Fact or fiction? We would hold the board up. If you got if you got it right, you moved on. If you got it wrong, you had to eat the chili. Right. And so, we filmed yeah. this for YouTube, and I ended I had to eat three of these chilies, and you had to eat two, didn't you? Yeah, I won. Uh, but the 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 second challenge we did was outrageous oh yeah the second challenge and i'll explain this one you may have heard of it uh a youtube boom going on sporadically for the past five or six years it's sustroming the world's stinkiest fish sustroming right you heard of that Have you never heard of that? So in Sweden, it's a rare delicacy. The Viking sailors back in the 1800s would go on these long voyages and have herring fish. And they would would have to use salt on this fish. But when the salt ran dry, there was no salt left. They then had to find a way of preserving this herring to eat it. So what they did is they let it ferment within its own bacteria. And what it is, it's it's disgusting. It's the world's stinkiest fish. So, you know, we implore your listeners to put it on your YouTube. Just put Sustroming. We'll probably be if up you, on the algorithm. Can, if you can spell it, fair play as well. Yeah, just put stinkiest <laughs> fish in the world. And yeah. basically it comes in a highly pressurised can. Okay, right. the can that we got... I swore it had a bit of rust around the outside. I was thinking this is dangerous. <laughs> I, I ordered it from the Swedish kitchen website. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was a really good delivery service. It so was yeah, fantastic. It uh, cool. Three, four days. I mean, no, I think I actually got a next day delivery. Somewhere. And how did it arrive? So it arrived in a cardboard box. Not that freshness mattered. The freshness was not on the high on their priority <laughs> list. Or, or ours. The, or ours for that for the free delivery. Yeah, so, um, so we turned up in a cardboard box. It opened a cardboard box. It had like duct tape. It was duct taped up. It was duct taped up. This is a tiny can and it had like sponges around the can as well (laughs) and so we had to cut into it Uh, you see if you ever watch the video you'll see it so when we uh, we hadn't opened it at all yet so we so we were when we were filming it we had obviously we did the same thing the fact or fiction with the questions we (laughs) opened up this opened up this tin i went to proper job i bought two uh washing up bowls for a quid each uh in case we were sick proper job that that was it was a proper job 
Oh, tarpaulin. I went to proper job of about five, and I came out of about four washing up bowls, two tarpaulins. It's incredible value. Uh, of course, it disintegrated. <laughs> Tablecloth. It was bought, but uh, uh, it came out of everything, and I had about four pound fifty change. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we did that, and I opened it up. I got the knife, opened it up, got the tin opener. First squirt. You open it, and and it, oh. and you you put you put the can open. It, it goes. <laughs> and it's fucking squirts out sorry yeah um yeah. It's, it squirts out and and the juice just flies out thought, all right we'll watch it before we go live in, in a bit i can't really smell it right. i can't smell it yet it's fine turn the turn the can open like like Ugh. one degree like and, and it just went <gasps> boom and back, it, back to the video jesus when when that moment because we're laughing because we're nervous Okay, it was a nervous laugh. We know what's coming. We've saw it on YouTube and we know. So James has opened the first squirt of the can. Nothing. He goes, can you smell anything? Can you smell anything? No, 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 no. Opens a bit more. Can you you smell anything? We go, no, 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 no. And when we breathe, we went. And then then that moment after you breathe in, it sort of just tickled, just tickled the little hairs on on the inside of your nose. And what happened was, it's like we both went fucking hell like it was it was mega and and the smell that i likened it to is this okay and i explained it on the go in the video is if you got a sock okay and you left that sock outside in the rain and then you 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 put it down into a drain into a sewer and you left it for six months you then grabbed that sock out and you drained that sock and all the juice and, and sewage that comes off of that sock goes into a tin can, okay? That's your juice. So from there, you have fish that's been left to ferment within its own bacteria and rotting, okay, mixed in with that stuff. It is the most... Dis- they should feed it to, you know... I, I, actually, they, I'm not going to say it on no, the podcast, No, I'll say it. Bad. They should feed it to child, child sex offenders in prison, <laughs> and that should be all they're allowed to eat. And the only the only drink bad. the only drink they should it's get bad. is the juice. Yeah. <laughs> it is vile. Pedo porridge. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. It's 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 terrible. They should do it to you know, I, I and I think, you know, I, I even said to you know, I even proclaimed to the nation of Sweden during the video, I said, Sweden, why? Why are you doing this to yourself? This it, one's it, for the Swedes. Why? And, so back to the game. <laughs> we, we, you know, the first question comes, and I'm struggling, and I'm, I'm burping, a little bit sick coming out, and I'm right. really, really, really struggling with this. I can't even change the bin on a Sunday without gagging. I can't. I just don't like it. I don't know what it is. It's disgusting. So what I can say is this: um, as as Jess, um, what we call James's wife, the, the Duchess is what she's called in TTM videos, challenge videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's um, the Duchess. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's what she wants to be called and she, she you know she doesn't want to be on camera and fair play but she does a really good job of, of asking the questions and, and actually keeping a straight face and she's doing a good job to be fair to her she asks the question um, you know James holds up a fact board I hold up a fiction board and I've got it wrong and I'm thinking oh no I need to eat some of this fish um, <laughs> he holds up the fish my world crumbled like a fork entering an apple crumble it just disintegrated <laughs> into nothing it was my my being my soul had been ripped out chewed up and 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 kicked down the can it was an absolute outrage and and as i tried to eat this fish i picked up the fish my hand was shaking and this wasn't for effect it was genuine fear because it smelled that 
bad. And as I moved the fish right up to my lip, I, I, I felt a couple of hairs on the fish off of its gill touch my top lip and, and I could smell it. And I just went <laughs> like that and I, I couldn't do it. And, I, and, and, and for the one and only time on Fact or Fiction, I tapped out, I tapped out. And I, I was so glad because I, I didn't want I didn't want nothing to do with that fish. So none of us ate it. Oh, Long story short, I dare you to do it. I'll, none of we'll, us ate we'll, it. We'll dare you to do it. We'll dare we'll dare Andy Rentmore, and we'll put it out on your podcast in front of your listeners. Uh-huh. Andy Rentmore, Mayor of Froome. Whenever you're ready, you know I'm not taking part in it. James got a better stomach than me, but I believe we should set up a challenge to do the Sostromin Stinky Fish Challenge for charity. Now I no I well, now I, you've mentioned charity. I, I propose have to say I yes, propose so. a different challenge. Okay, which is. We get a good couple of cans of sastrami, right? Do we need more than one? We're going to need more than one for this, all right? right. It's only £12. And (laughs) we'll all eat as much as we can. I can't eat. The last man standing is the mayor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds perfectly democratic. He, Andy will win. Um, he wants this. And do you know, do you know what? Just can we wear up. like nappies? Can I just sit there and shit? Nappies, well, mate. I, I think I'm going to need a bib. I, I think I'm going to need one of them nappies with a little pin which holds it together. You know, I don't think I can hold it together. What, what, one of the ideas for the next challenge, before we get onto the challenge in your podcast, because I know I know time's ticking, but but one challenge that we do want to do is to revisit those chilies. And there is the Wiltshire Chili Farm, which is based out at Melksham. And what we want to do is do it with fresh chilies and we make our way up the Scoville scale right. with uh, a table out there with the chili field in the background, good weather, fact or fiction, myself against James and someone, an adjudicator who works at the Wiltshire Chili Farm saying, yeah, this here is the, uh, you know, the the ghost pepper from the from the Navarra region of Chile. They do say that one tip on your tongue will numb it for six weeks or something like that to yeah. add some suspense and do that. But the best challenge that we've done so far um, which has gained media coverage, um, eight and a half thousand views on YouTube, is the 20 and 24. Yeah, so the, the 2024, you mentioned it off air, Andy. So even even you've heard of it. So the Mayor of Froome's aware, which is good. Good uh, stuff. That's great. Um, 20 and 24. So we visited every Premier League ground in the country yeah. in 24 hours. So... James came up with the idea. I don't know where he came. He must have seen someone else. Other people have done it on YouTube. So we we said right, okay, we did. It took about two, three months before we actually got round to getting on and doing it. How much did you pay in uh, in petrol? How, how much petrol? It wasn't that bad, was it? It was. Uh, I think all in it was about one hundred and fifty pounds. Not bad Not for a bad. full tour of the it, it UK. It was a thousand miles. It was a thousand miles. Right. Yeah, it was. A, it was. It was nine hundred and ninety-seven point six miles or something. Right. So, what's, what's the most southerly? So, we started at Southampton, Southampton. at right. six o'clock at night. So, the main aim was we needed to get to London in the night time, basically. To, 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 so we to miss the traffic. Yeah. That's so right. we started Southampton at six in the evening. Yeah. On the Saturday. Got down to Brighton for about half past seven. So I went Southampton to Brighton. From Brighton, we went up to Crystal Palace, which is in southeast London, at about nine. Right. And then, But London, so there's six stadiums in London. You've got Crystal Palace, Fulham, Chelsea, West Ham, Arsenal, Tottenham. That took from about nine till about till about one, one in the morning with a with a police uh yeah we the, got stopped by the got police stopped by the police for being polite 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, James, the, there was a there was a dual carriageway which merged into one. Um, we were in the left lane, the police were in the right lane. James uh, slows down to allow the police cars to go in front, which rose their, aroused their suspicion. Um, <laughs> you don't remember, you're in London. Yeah, exactly. but we, that's yeah. what I said to him. I said, round our way, we just let them go first. Yeah, the police, yeah. you know, have absolute authority and they do a good job of what they do, in my opinion. Um, but, but what I will say is this, um, the, the, the police held on and held on. And I said, just, you're going to have to go, 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 go. So he, he dropped and then and all you hear is woo you know with a, with the lights uh, uh shining woo literally right behind and i thought like our heart sank i thought what have we done um you know we were in terms of covid and stuff like that the restrictions were eased so we were able to do it as long as we weren't you know going into buildings for instance james was in the you know a bubble that, that they, we had so they scanned they, they obviously scanned the number plate and they're and thinking, saw from somerset what is a somerset car doing in london so they are right. naturally assumed that we, it was a stolen and car you're driving like a drug mule yeah exactly y- yeah and, so. um, yeah and they got out and they 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 you know james lied and uh he stated that that i was having uh i was i was living in um where i was said I you living? were living in kent, in and, kent. We were, and he'd had a bust up with his missus and we'd had to go and pick him up bear in mind we're in central london so i don't know what way that we were gone uh, and you, we had you two... probably would have been better off if you went look we're doing a youtube channel we're going <laughs> yeah, to the stadium yeah. in 24 hours and they would have went that's a pretty cool we, idea never actually had, we've never had much dealings with the law and we don't want to visit any issues no. in the law in the future and i think look as far as we're concerned the police were great with us they said you know keep taking the precautions you're taking you're doing a good job you know the, the police were great with us they could see that we weren't taking the mic that we were actually legal at that point they could see that i was shit in my pants as well and they probably thought fair enough but anyway, Lon- so London took ages. We didn't get out of London until about one in we the morning. We were stuck in traffic for an hour at Harrods. Yeah, we, it, night the, the, down, night. you know Bridge. what? To go to these stadiums that you see on TV is unbelievable. We went to the Olympic Park. We we, we went to yeah, Chelsea yeah. Stamford Bridge. We went to Emirates Stadium, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And then obviously we hit the M4 and we captured all of this on video. Um, we, we captured the lot going up the M4 in the middle of the night and then hitting the Midlands into the early hours of the morning. Yeah, so, um, but we had the, the added... The added uh, issue was that the clocks went forward yeah so we we gained an hour so we had to, uh, <laughs> I, I annoyed them all because i kept saying at every place so, so just just to be aware that the clocks have gone forward and uh, uh so we so we midlands we got up to liverpool about seven o'clock in the morning which would have been six liverpool so midlands liverpool oh, uh, manchester up to burnley have you ever been to burnley um don't go Prob- don't. i've probably been to but a very been, very strange place i've been there twice in my life and i've been underwhelmed both times sorry people <laughs> where, where burnley. is burnley just it, in it's north of manchester north of Man- so uh, it, yeah I've it's probably. the gateway to the north the north 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 uh yeah. over across the pennines yeah it? then we went across the pennines so so uh, <laughs> it was quite quite wild across from burnley uh across then we went all the way across country through yorkshire to harrogate got on the a1 all the way up to Newcastle, past the Angel of the North. Right. Which we lost in the footage. Yeah. Really annoyed us. Got to Newcastle. Got to Newcastle about midday. So bearing in mind by this point, we'd been on the road for about... I'd say about 17, 18 hours Yeah, something like driving. that, with no, no sleep. Yeah. Um, back down from Newcastle, down to Leeds, Leeds to Sheffield, and we finished in Leicester. Um, that's just the way we decided to do the route. We could. There, there's various different ways you could have done it. We did it differently to the guy that beat the record before. Yeah, we went. So our route, route, we went a bit different. So that, yeah, and we so we finished in Leicester at ten past four, but with that hour that we gained, it would have been 
still seven minutes past four, so it would have been seven minutes past three, so we did it in 21 hours, six minutes, seven, six minutes. And how did you do, because, because I've done a, like, a lot of stuff like, with the band touring and stuff. Yeah. And it's in, driving at night could be intensive, even though the, the roads are... And it was raining as quiet. well. Oh, right, okay. It was stormy. So, so the roads are quieter, but there's less visual stimulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, less, there's almost less to do we, when you're driving we at spoke, night. We spoke about the world as you do when you go on you know unless it's just me i don't know but when no no when no, no. We, the, the road trip conversations it are the takes best you, yeah. you know, the aliens the aliens just spoke about you know 20 minutes down the road to brighton you know right into the challenge but we talked about um life in general we talked about plans for the future we talked about you know we're going to get this record we talked about what guests are we going to do? We talked about the immense pride and privilege that we have to leave the lives that, that we have. And talked we just, loads about know, football, loads yeah, about absolutely. football. Obviously we're visiting every Premier League ground in the country. We and, talked about how underwhelming Burnley was. Yeah. Burnley was a real disappointment for us, wasn't it? <laughs> so, so it was. If you, if, but if you ever want uh, your kitchen done, Right. Go to Burnley. Go to Burnley. There are so many bathroom shops in Burnley. There's <laughs> loads. Tiling, uh, bathroom flooring, taps. I think there were shops just for taps. It's about as run down as Blackpool, um, which is a shame. Blackpool, I would say, as a British citizen, is a staple of our country. I believe Blackpool, everybody's been to Blackpool. Everybody knows about the tower. Everybody knows about Blackpool until you get there. And, <laughs> yeah. and then you get there and you walk up, you know, take the beachfront away. It's just so run down, deprived of, of investment, which is such a shame. But, you know, I, I thought Burnley was quite similar. I, I thought it in previous eras, it would have been a really vibrant place. But I think it's just been caught up in society now deciding, do you want to go to the, do you want to go to the Pennines for a holiday and have a windy weekend retreat away in a caravan? Or do you want to go to Tenerife? <laughs> I mean, no one's ever gone on holiday to Burnley anyway. Too, sure. too great. I've never been to Blackpool. Oh, really? Never been to Blackpool, okay, yeah, actually. Yeah. I've only been once for the afternoon, so... Two things. Peter Kay, live at the top of the tower. Yeah. One of the greatest stand-up comedy routines, DVDs of all time. Agreed. I think, I mean, I mean in the genre, I think. It's probably not going to be... It's it's not very universal because it's very about British culture. But yeah. And the other one is uh, the Stone Roses live at Blackpool Tower. That's also immense. And, and that's what we're that's saying. About as far as Blackpool goes it's, for me. It's an important city. Blackpool for me would be in the top 10 cities of our country with London, with Bristol, with Manchester, mm. Birmingham, Newcastle. I think Blackpool is a bit... If you live in the West Midlands, you wouldn't know this because people in the West Midlands, from the industrial heartlands and, and Sheffield and, the, and, and all these places that back in the... 50s, 60s, 70s had a lot of work and as you go into the late 70s into the Margaret Thatcher era the work starts to dry up and it's a fact and there wasn't much money and, the, and my uncles still live up there now and they go to Blackpool for a holiday because they simply cannot afford to go abroad and the reality is is Blackpool and, and even down south where you go to Clacton-on-Sea these demographical areas are rich in history from your typical beach getaway from eras gone by. Right. But they're sort of ghost towns in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I've had the, I've had similar experiences like elsewhere in the world. Where you go through places. I went through the Rust Belt in um, in Ohio. Right. And you can see you can see where there was once industry. Yeah. Where there was once a thriving uh, world 
where people came, you know, moved there from other places to yeah. to have a a middle class white picket fence life or whatever. And I think what you're saying is Blackpool used to be the destination of of those times no gone by. No doubt. And it's yeah, it, it is sad. I've seen houses boarded up. I've that, seen that's, factories. That's Blackpool. Right. They, they it, it was boarded up, and it's it's a shame. And if you know. This country went through a bit of a resurgence a few years ago of actually holidaying in the UK. It was a big thing that, you know, let's go away, let, let's put back in A staycation. A staycation and places like... But then again, I went to I went to Butlins with the kids, right? The kids were very young. We weren't ready to take them abroad. You know, we luckily enough in my life, I have the finances to take them abroad. But we thought that, you know, they're, they're young. We don't want to do that. So we thought, well, let's go for a British break. Let's do a Haven. Let's do a Butlins. Let's go to that. We went to Butlins in Minehead. Right. It didn't look like that place has been rented. I went there in 2000, the year 2000 with my parents and my brother. And it's when they'd had that like sort of tent thing built that it's all housed in, in mine head. And it's so run down, the chalets, the wood is just, you know, it's falling apart. And I thought, my God. But then as you walk into the cafeterias and the places to eat, it's got all the pictures up from the 40s and 50s and stuff like that. When you could see that this place was a real, real haven and it's got an abandoned pool there, which a lot of YouTubers have gone in. It's, it's, it's quite famous. It's the abandoned pool of Butlins in Minehead. So I waited till the last day because I didn't want to get kicked off a site. And um, my kids are playing on the fun fair, which is round the back. And I saw the stairs and I went onto my YouTube and I thought, how did these guys get in? I want to see it. It's an abandoned swimming pool. All the water still in and everything as it was, but hasn't been touched for years. Now, why haven't they And I'll tell you them. why. I'll right. tell you why. They haven't drained it because it holds the water for the sprinklers for the cafeteria below. And for some reason, they say if they drain that water out of the pool, it would just collapse. And I don't understand that because the weight would surely make it collapse itself. But it's, do you research into it? But I went up the stairs and I turned to the right and I walked in and you can still smell that swimming pool bit and the right. posters on the wall from like 1997 and, and stuff like that. And it was literally a relic. And I was only five minutes in there, but I thought... God, I I felt a bit of rush of doing it. TTM Dark had a phase where we were going to be urban explorers for a bit. Oh but, uh, my god! Yeah, yeah. I'm if do you have do you guys have any recommendations for good urban exploring YouTube channels? Because I found yeah. one guy that um, likes to go through. He was uh, he's like a, a scientist guy, and um, a scientist guy uh, <laughs> sounds a bit stupid. Um, he uh, he's like an author and a scientist, and maybe even a university lecturer. He would go under the tunnels in New York with old maps and find these old rooms and things, and find this old city. And he said he did some stuff like that in Russia, and they yeah. came up out of what there. the Buran space shuttles in Russia or Kazakhstan, where the guys went to. Have you heard about? that one no this is just a guy that just like he's a purely academic kind of guy like kind of exploring i can't remember what it was uh, and anyway he ends up in russia he ends up coming up out of they get a bit lost in they're underneath these tunnels and they end up coming up in the middle of fucking red square and all these russian soldiers are like and it's like some American guy is coming up through like a sewer um, drain cover yeah, yeah. in Red Square, and they're like, "Oh shit!" This, you know, they, obviously they got away with it. But a lot of the ones, a lot of the ones we've watched, are, they're mainly like UK based, aren't they? We love them. Um, I, I have. I didn't want to probably reveal it until a few months down the line, but I have made 
contact. Um, there's a famous one um, in the UK by the name of Matt, and he goes to a lot of old World War II bunkers, which have been remained untouched, old infirmaries, mental institutions, asylums, um, and a lot under caution. Now, we took a trip down uh, an old mine shaft uh, just outside of Caution. For those that don't know, underneath Caution is what they have called the Burlington Bunker. You may have heard of it. In the Cold War, um, that was the place where the whole war cabinet, the prime minister and the entire home office would have been positioned underneath Caution. Decommissioned in 1991 and sold off to the quarry. Still... Um, still no access is allowed and Nick Pope did a video on YouTube for Ancient Aliens and uh, they this American guy walks up to the to the gate and out of nowhere police car flies out the corner what are you doing here it's called the Corsham Computer Centre I think I showed you Harry off, off, off air and uh, basically underneath Corsham there is still a massive network of tunnels with they call it the UK Area 51 where they've got stuff under there that they, they, they don't want you to know about so I've reached out to this to this Matt or let's say his close aid where he will give us access to look at places like this especially underneath london is a big one like the old world war bunkers underneath london um where they you know abandoned underground stations which have been left untouched for 60 years to me that's really interesting to go and have a look at the only issue you have with it is you you don't want to get in trouble so they go to places that that are that are let's say open right well, there, we have a series of tunnels under Froome, don't we? You yeah, do. We, have a network yeah, yeah, yeah. Of we do. And I've never been in them. And I, I imagine being 6'9", I'm not going to fit in them. I'd be perfect. But what I would love to do is go down there with a mobile pod rig and uh, a, a guide and go through the tunnels. Well, let's make it happen. Let's go down with TTM Dark and the Giant Pod for an instalment underneath the tunnels in Froome. Yes. Well, apparently when they put the, the, the tunnel, they do tunnel tours during the Froome Festival. Yeah. yeah apparently right. as soon as they put them up, they get booked up. I'm sure as the mayor, you can have some sort of sway. I might I might be able to... Uh, uh, have, exactly. you, um, have you... Have you used your mayor mayoral status? Yet? Well, I've only been the mayor since Wednesday. So, so. what have you been? <laughs> well, it's nearly true. a week already. I've sent a, I've sent a couple of clouty emails. Yeah, yeah. Good I won't go into it, but um, what what um, what perks do you get then as the mayor? What perks? Do I, well, the thing is, as the mayor, I don't have any more. Let's say I don't have any more power. Let's say on paper than I did when I was a councillor. I'm still a town councillor. Yeah, I just happen to have a a title but what the what the mayor has is is a bit of influence really yeah. so it, it, it with with these i'm not going to go into it because i i'm not going to go into the some of the emails i've sent this week because no, of just, course you yeah. can't but basically it's kind of like if once the mayor sends the email and says i'm aware of this i would like you to look at this again and maybe come back to me and see what we can do about this particular issue well, yeah, you good. hope that they go oh, okay well the, the mayor is now looking at this maybe we should take this more seriously yeah. it's just it's not it's not like trump like on the phone to some senator saying find me 200 votes no but it? i think um the mayor is uh, a strong positional standing within any town because the mayor's role in my opinion is to be the voice of the people and i think when the people want something looking at and it's not being looked at then the mayor sends a cloudy email for instance to say no i need you to look at this well that's the right thing to do and congratulate you in doing that and i think as far as we're concerned on behalf of you know whoever i know in my life congratulations to you for getting that done and again it's just to make people aware just like with ttm that 
you can achieve things regardless of age regardless of race creed sexual orientation anything of that you can achieve it if you put your mind to it So that was the first uh, podcast back in person with actual human beings. This That was with uh, James and Dev from TTM Podcasts. Make sure that you head over to TTM Podcasts to hear my appearance on TTM Dark right now. Before you do anything else, go watch that episode. Go listen to that episode. Catch the, the next half of our hangout over there.